0: Good morning. How are we doing today? My nose just started running. You better catch it before it runs out the door. Oh, yeah, you know that joke. Sorry. We used to call people up on the phone and say, are your refrigerator running? Let's we'll say, well, yes, it is. Well, you better catch it before it runs out that door. Hey, let's open our Bibles. John chapter 10, uh, excuse me, John chapter 6. We looked last week, you know, this idea of what, what do we need to do? What must we do? And I talked about that quite a bit, you know, what does God require? What does God want from me? What, is he going, what does He want from us? And, and you remember the question, I asked it quite a few times. Anybody remember what the question is, first of all? Anybody remember? No, of course you don't. The question is, are you going to heaven? And then I said, why? And I hope you remember the answer. Why are, you, why are you going to heaven or how? How is it possible that you're going to go to heaven? Well, I've been a good person. I gave money. I went to church. I did all this stuff. I got baptized as a baby. And I, and I forgot to tell you, I got baptized as a baby too. In the Greek Orthodox Church. So what is the right answer? That's obviously not the right answer. I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I believe in Jesus Christ and what He did. Not what I do. I don't get myself there. I'm not going to get there by works. I believe in Jesus who made the way and He opened the way. He died on the cross for me. For my sin. He paid the price that I should have paid. And as I trust in him, as I believe in him, I now have that open door into heaven. That's what Jesus answered. He said, This is the work of God. Not that you have to do all these things. This is the work, he says, to believe, to believe in the one that he has sent, that is in Jesus, to receive it. Because, you know, if we did anything to earn it, then we would boast. We want to take the credit. I want to take some credit in the thing, but it's not going to get me anywhere. He has saved us, not because of anything that we have done, and may we boast, may we never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only place that you and I can boast. Now today, this is kind of a theme that's really been from the very beginning of chapter six, but I want to talk about it a little bit more, and I want to talk about this. You know what that is? Bread. It's bread, yeah. Bread. 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 You know, uh, it's found in pretty much every culture, but but <clears throat> I'll tell you, my culture, <clears throat> I grew up with uh, five brothers and two sisters, right? So that makes how many? That makes eight of us. And, uh, you know, my mom was raising us pretty much on her own, uh, and that's a lot of mouths to feed, you know. And uh, we didn't have a lot of money, we didn't have a lot of stuff, and that's just the way it was, you know but but I can still remember when we would go to her and say, "Mom, mom, I'm hungry." And you know what she would say? She said this every time, "Make toast." so... So we would go into the kitchen, right? And there wasn't a lot there, but, but we, had, we had bread. And there was a guy, I don't know if any, any of you remember this, there was, a, there was a truck, it was like a Helms truck, the bread truck, the bread man. And they used to drive around the neighborhood and, and deliver bread. Anybody remember that? Some of you, well, I don't want to say old people. <laughs> no, <don't> say that. <laughs> you know... But this guy, he, he kind of he took uh, us under his wing, so to speak, and he would bring us the day-old bread. And then he would also bring us the, the day-old donuts, too, which was kind of nice. But he'd bring us this bread, and it was always white bread. It's just, that's just what we ate. So we'd, we'd go into the kitchen, right, and we, we had this four-slice toaster, and we'd put four slices in. I mean, it's just for me now. I remember doing this: four slices, toast them, uh, you know, line them all up, put butter on them, and then then you make a little little uh, dish full of sugar, white sugar and cinnamon. You stir that up, and then you just kind of sprinkle that all over there, and they'd go everywhere. And you'd eat all four of them right in a row, and then you'd put four more in, and do the same thing again. That's what we did to to survive, and that's why I look so healthy. <laughs> You know, bread, you know, we we survive on it, you know, fresh, I love the smell of fresh baked bread. Fresh. You try to say that, fresh baked bread. You know, I I thought, well, if I had some kind of a a way to get that smell in here today, kind of to make the atmosphere, that would be so cool, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. So just imagine it. But you know, there's so many different kinds of bread, aren't there? There's French bread and, and Italian bread and rye and wheat and rye and have have, it, have any of you ever had fresh pita in Israel? It's like insane. It's not like the pita that we buy here. It's like thick and you get you go to the store and buy it and they you buy them like ten at a time and they're like warm straight out of the oven. Some of you are hungry. You didn't have breakfast, I know. How about Hawaiian bread? How about Portuguese bread? Yeah? Uh-huh, yeah, I thought I'd get some of you, for sure. But we use bread in so many different things. Any of you, any of you seen this? Ezekiel bread, I love this stuff. It's like, some of you can't even get it down. It's so, it's so healthy. It's almost too healthy. <laughs> and serious. I, I, served, I let someone have it, and they go like, man, I can't eat that. That's not, I'm not sure what that is, not bread. But this is what you really want to eat. The classic white. That's the, that's the bread. That's what, we used to, that's what we used to eat. But that's their ad there. Feed your joy. Spread the wonder. Feed your joy. Spread the wonder. You know, this is bread. And so there, there's so many different kinds of bread. All different kinds, you know, bagels and baguettes and Biscuits and bocadillo, which I don't know what that is, brioche, chapati, yeah, lavash, naan. How about naan? Pita, pizza, pretzels, tortillas. That's a form of bread, right? It's just the way we are. But but this is kind of where we have gotten to right here. Can you see that? In bread we trust. Are you kidding me? And it's even non-GMO. No wonder. You know, bread is pretty important in our society, keeping us alive. Right? I love bread, but I can't eat as much as I want to. It's... You know, it's one way to keep, you know, adding on a lot of weight, eating a lot of bread and a lot of things that are made out of bread, cookies and, and you know, sweet, the sweets that are a very, you know, a similar kind of thing. But what I want to talk about today is is bread too, but it's, it's a different kind of bread. And, and you kind of know where I'm going with this. Of course, it's the bread from heaven, and that's what Jesus talks about today in these verses. It's... It's really the true bread. It's the real bread. And we need that other bread to, like, survive, but, but there's something deeper that we need. And, and this is what has the theme that, that kind of flows throughout this whole chapter, this bread from heaven. And, and the, the nice thing about this is that you can eat as much as you want. I can't eat as much bread. We, we went to a little pizza place, and, and, and I said to my wife, you know, well, we got a salad, right? And I said, but I really want that bread with the garlic and, the, and all that cheese all over. I really want that. She said, you can't have it. I said, okay. <laughs> but you know, I thought about it the whole rest of the meal. And we had this little thin little little bread they gave you with it. Some of you are hungry. <laughs> Let's look at John chapter 6, verse 30. John chapter 6, verse 30, the The bread from heaven. Jesus said, this is the work of God to believe in the one that he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? Okay, you want us to believe, but what are you going to do now? What kind of a miraculous sign are you going to do? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna. In the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread, where? From heaven to eat. So so Jesus said, you know, they said, what must we do? And Jesus said, no, you need to believe in the Son, the one that he sent. And now they said, okay, well, what will you do? You want us to believe in you, but what will you do? It's it's the same kind of thing. They, you know, they, they wanted to take ownership, they want to take credit, they want to do things uh, to earn their way. But earlier in the chapter, you know, Jesus said, you know, why are you seeking after me? You just want bread and circuses. You want food, you want entertainment, you want me to do something, you want me to do this miraculous sign, what will you do? And then then they bring up the idea of, you know, manna. Y'all know what manna is? What is it? Right from heaven. That's what manna is. What is it? What is it? Right. That's what it means. That's why they call it manna. What is it? it? It came down. God brought it down from heaven, literally, to feed His people in the wilderness for how long? Like 40 years. You can read about it in the book of Exodus, in other places. God told them in, in that Chapter 16 of Exodus, he said, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And they could literally eat it. And it said it it looked like coriander seed. It tasted like wafers made with honey. They had this literal bread that came down from heaven. And they ate it. And they survived on it. They grumbled about it. And we're going to look next week. The people here started grumbling too. It seems to be a common problem with humans. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Any of you ever grumble? No, of course not. So he said, you know, our forefathers, we, we, ate, we ate the manna. They ate the manna in the desert, and, and he gave bread from heaven. And Jesus is saying, he's talking about, you know, bread now from heaven, as we'll see. But they're kind of saying, you know, you're bringing this up. You know, but how are you any better than Moses? They trusted in Moses. They wanted, you know, to bring up, and and they've talked about it earlier. You know, we're holding on to Moses, and and Moses gave us bread for like 40 years. So what are you going to do? Like a little bit of attitude, or maybe a lot of attitude. So what are you going to do, Jesus? And look what Jesus said in verse 32. He said to them, I tell you the truth. It's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. Moses didn't give the bread out of heaven. Moses didn't give the manna. He was just the guy there on the spot. But where would the bread from heaven come from? He said, it is my Father. It is my Father who gives you, present tense, the true bread from heaven. He's saying, that was good. Let's get get one thing one thing straight. It wasn't really Moses who did it anyways, it was God who did it. God is the one who provides for you and for me. That's why it's part of the Lord's Prayer. You know, that we you know, we pray, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Where who feeds us? Who takes care of us? Well, I do. I work hard, I make money, I go to the store. Well, ultimately. It's God who takes care of us. It's the Father. But but he kind of goes from there to talk about what's going on right now. In the present tense, he says, My Father, He gives you, right now He's giving you the true bread from heaven. If we really want to be satisfied, he says there's something, it's not just like manna, those little white what-is-it things. Manna was good. It, it served a great purpose though they got tired of it in the end but there's a better there's there's a a, a true bread that comes from heaven so jesus would say something like that and they would you, you know you're going to say okay well where is the where is it you know we're going to look for a loaf like this to come you know down out of heaven well it's going to be better than what you know what we had before and and, and this is kind of what you know, so often we're human, right? We're in human bodies, and we kind of think, you know, on the, the plane of, of who we are. So we think, well, where is it at? And they're going to say that in a second. Well, where is it? I, I want that. I don't want to have to go to the store every, every day, especially when the storm comes. And, you know, you go to the store, and there's no more, what? Bread and milk. It's all It's all gone. Look at verse 33. He tells them, he specifically answers the question For the bread of God is what? Is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. It's way better than manna. And not only that, He's right in front of you. He said, The Father gives the true bread from heaven, and the true bread or the bread of God is He who comes. He's right here, He's right there in front of them. He's right there in front of them. Sometimes, you know, Jesus is right there, and we miss it. We miss him. He's right there. He's trying to do something in your life, in my life, and and I'm looking in, in all the other places. I'm trying to do it on my own. The manna kept them alive, but Jesus, he says, it says there, he gives them life. It's one thing to be kept alive, but it's something very different to have life, real life. The life that is deep within our souls, that, that, that will not end when this body gives up and quits. The life that goes on forever and ever. That's the life that we truly, truly need. And that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm the bread of life. I'm, I'm right here. The bread of God. God. So many different ways he describes it here in this section. So, so have you and I, have we, have we tasted, we've tasted, you've probably tried quite a few of those different breads that I had discussed earlier, right? But have you tasted the bread from heaven? The bread of God? One man said this, he said, if we are not nourished by the bread from heaven, we will satiate or fill ourselves with crumbs from the world. We'll, we'll fill up on the crumbs that the world has to offer, all the things the world thinks that you know, will make you happy, and, and all you have to do is look around because that's what the world is telling us. You need this. You've got to have this. This will make you happy. This will make you proud. This will make you, you know, raise your standing in the world. And we go after all that stuff, but, but, but the, the true bread from heaven, that's really what makes a difference. You can go to uh, places in the world where they don't have any of this stuff. You know, we are the you know, wealthiest nation on earth, and we have so much stuff, and we complain, I don't have enough stuff. We have so much stuff, we, we, we can't barely walk through our houses. There's so much stuff. And I was talking about this we got to get rid of some of the stuff. It's too much. we got too much stuff. But you can go to places that don't have very much stuff and, 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 they, and meet believers who believe and trust in Jesus Christ, and there's something there, and you can see it on their faces. You can see it in their lives that, that they have true satisfaction, and it isn't based on what they have. It isn't based on what's parked in the driveway because they don't have a driveway. The bread from heaven, the bread of God. Verse 34, he says, Sir, they said, from now on give us this bread. He just told them, The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven gives life to the world. Okay, give us that bread. When when does it arrive? When does the delivery truck come? Because I want that, you know. It's the same with the woman at the well. You know, okay, you're talking about water. He's saying the living water. I want the water so I don't have to, you know, march out to this well every two, two, three times a day to get the water. Just give it to me. That's cool. Again, when we get to the end of this chapter, you're going to see a lot of these people, they, 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 Jesus is right there in front of them, and they, they never appropriate. They never take him in. They never take him at his word. May it not be said of us that we don't, he's right here in front of us and and we don't take him. They couldn't see him, he's right in front of them. Jesus says it again. Again, he's repeating himself over and over and over again. Look at verse 35. What does it say? Then Jesus declared. He made a declaration. He said, I am the bread of life. He didn't say, I'm going to give you the bread of life. He didn't say, you know, it'll be delivered. You know, it's going to you know, sprinkle down out of heaven like the manna. He said, I am the bread of life. Now, the, the interesting thing about this statement that he makes, and we'll get to the second half of that verse in a second, but this, when he says, I am, it's, it's an emphatic statement. There's an emphasis on that where he says, I am the bread of life. Just those two words, I am. There, there are seven places in the, in the Gospel of John where he says, I am. And, and seven different times. This is the very first one. This is the number one that he says, I am the bread of life. Now, when you go back to the Old Testament, you remember the story about Moses and, and you know, God told Moses to go and, and set the people free, right, from Egypt, from the bondage that they were in Egypt. And, and God was calling Moses to go and, and Moses is, you know, he, you know, he's having this discussion back and forth with God. You know, well, you know, I don't speak very well. I can't do it for this reason, for that reason. But at at one point he says, you know, if I go, who shall I say sent me? Who shall I say I'm going for? Because he's going to tell Pharaoh, you know, let my people go. And what does God say? This is what he says. What shall I tell them, Moses says, and God says to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say. To the Israelites. He's talking to he had to convince the Israelites as well. He says, I am, has sent me to you. So this term, I am, it it, it really is a, is a term of, of deity. It's a term that God says about Himself. So again, Jesus is standing there. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. What are, the, what are the other six? I'll just read them for you. He, he says later, He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the gate or door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the last one in John 15, I am the true vine. I am, He says. <coughs> I am. That pretty much covers every facet of, of our lives, of human life. You have a need in your life? You, you, you want to you know how to get to heaven? You want to know how your rent is going to be paid? You want to know how you're going to survive in this world, in this life? Je- Jesus says, I am. I am. And he says that to you and me today. He said it to them, I am the bread of life and and every other area of need in our lives. I am the answer. Look at the second half of verse 35. It says, he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. That's what he said in in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well talking about the water the living water that he would give. But notice what he says that, that, that we need to do, what they needed to do. It says he, he says that they would need to come to him and then believe in him. He already said that. What's the work of God? It's to believe in the one that the Father sent. So you and I, our response, the response that they needed to give is the same as ours should be to come to him, to come to Jesus and to believe or to trust in Him. That's, that, be, that, that begins you know, for us just to become believers, just to, to, to have that experience where our lives are turned upside down, where we are born again, given a brand new heart, a brand new life. We come to Him, we believe in Him. But, it, but, but I believe that it also continues through our whole life. We need to continue to be coming to Him and believing and trusting Him for all the things in our lives. Have you done that? I hope you have. Have you come to Jesus? Do you believe in Him? Are you believing in Him today in, in whatever situation that you are facing in your life today? I have no idea what you're facing. I know I... I you know... <sighs> I woke up uh, in the middle of the night last night. I wake up in the middle of the night every night, but <clears throat> it was like I had this giant list of things, right? Any, any of you know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I'm anxious about this and this and this and this and this. There was like seven or eight things, and and uh, I'm not going to tell you what they are because you might be one of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we have stuff like that, right? And and what is the answer? The scripture that came to my mind, you know, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, all these things, in prayer and supplication, you know, Bring your request to God, go and talk to God about it, talk to Him about it, and then it says, "And the peace of God will come." So I just knew that all I could do was just to bring these things and bring them and bring them at the feet of God, put them at the feet of the cross, bring them and, and, and bring them to the feet of Jesus. That's, that's what we need to do every day. That's, that's how we survive. He says in Matthew, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest. Come to me, he says. He says it to you and me today. Will you come to me? I'll give you rest. Are you you burned out? See, some things don't change. He said, come to him then. Believe in him. Verse 36, though, he says, But as I told you, you have seen me. And still, you do not believe. Jesus right in front of you, he's opening doors, he's doing, you know, all these things for us, and yet we still do not believe. Makes me think of Thomas in chapter 20. Thomas, you know, we call him Doubting Thomas because he was there, and, you know, Jesus had risen from the dead, and... and, the other disciples had seen him alive. But Thomas said what? He said, unless I see, I will not what? Believe. I will not believe unless I see. And then Jesus came along and he, and he showed himself to him. He says, oh, okay. And, he, and Thomas, it says, he fell down and he said, my Lord and my God. So Thomas, you know, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to believe unless I see. But Jesus said, you know, at that time, he said, blessed are those who do not see and believe. Amen. Blessed are those who do not see and believe. So Thomas saying, unless I see, I won't believe. And then he saw and he believed. And Jesus said, there are going to be others who, who you know, they'll be blessed because they do not see and believe. Here in this verse, what does it say? He says, you have seen and you do not believe. Still, you do not believe. Wow, that's not cool. I think there's some choice involved, isn't there? There's some humbling ourselves, isn't there? I think I that think the, the, the hardness of the human heart, what we're going to see in these next few verses, and, and, and how God works in people's lives. But I think over and over, I want to say this before we get into the next section, over and over, we are given, uh, it's presented to us to repent and turn our lives to Jesus Christ and follow Him. The choice is given to us, that challenge that is given to each one of us. But Look at verse 37. Now, this is in the context of what he just said. You Still, you do not believe. Verse 37, he says this, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away or I'll never lose. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and i will raise him up at the last day very interesting passage jesus said some very difficult things to understand we you know the the theologians and the the bible scholars they look at these verses and the and and from you know I went to Bible school and these kinds of issues are discussed and debated. And in every Bible school you go to, you're going to be talking about these things. And, and, and the, the, the term is the divine sovereignty of God, right? And the human responsibility of man. What does God do and what does man do? And, and how do these two things work together? If you look at these verses, just these three, four verses that we, that we just looked at here that I just read, you're going to see both in there, you're going to see the sovereignty of God where God does it, and you're also going to see that man is responsible to make a choice. They're both there. Now, how do they reconcile? How do they work together? That's been debated and debated and debated, and I don't think anybody has the market on how to put those two things together. Some of you are saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's okay. But Warren Wearsby said this, Jesus explained that salvation involves both divine sovereignty and human responsibility. The Father gives men and women, uh, women to the Son, but these men and women must come to him and believe in him. He said, From our human And limited perspective, we cannot see how they work together. But from God's perspective, there is no conflict. Again, there has been so much debate about these things. We have, you know, the Calvinist camp, right? And then we have the Armenian camp. And, you know, which camp are you in? And which you know which side are you, on, and are we you know? Let's get a debate going. Let's fight about this. And some of you may even want to come up afterwards and say, you know, I'm on this side, and I want to you know argue with you about this. And and you know, I'm not going to give you an argument because I see them both there. People, you know, I hear people. are just recently someone saying, you know, oh, you know, I was going to this church, and they're so Calvinist there, and you know, and they're and, and they're so wrong about that. And I'm going, you know. They have scriptural basis for what they're teaching, you know, what they believe. And then other people over here, you know, oh, you know, in the Armenian camp, you know, well, you know, it's all about the free will of man. You know, I I think, and some of you are saying, well, well, what are you? Well, I I don't like to be in either one of the categories. I just want to read what the Bible says and 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 how to, you know what is he saying, but but honestly you know God's got his part to do. And we've got our part to do, so whose part should I be worried about? If I'm going to worry about God's part, then you know that that's like that's kind of a heavy load. I think. I, I've seen some on, on on the side, you know, worrying so much and think they've got it all figured out what God does and why he does it and how he does it. Uh, and, I, and and it seems like there's a whole lot of pride and the whole lot of, you know, the the head gets like huge. And then there's other people that, you know, they, they, they think they gotta do it all, and, and, and there's just striving and there's you know, there's no resting in what God has done and what and who God is. But I need, to, I need to make decision, and, and, and what Jesus is saying to them, he says to us today, he says, come to him and believe in him. Now, it always starts with him, and, and the truth of the matter is that all the glory goes to him. Ultimately, and that's what I talked about last week, we can't take credit for anything. And all the glory will always, always go to him. The book of Romans, you know, it, it talks about a lot of this in great detail Romans chapter 28 let me read some of the verses Uh, Romans chapter 8 verses 29 and 30 for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among, among, among many brothers and those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified those he justified he also glorified God was doing all these things How much of that are you going to take credit for? Zero. That's why at the end of this section, uh, Romans uh, chapters 9, 10, and 11, talking about the power of, of who God is, he finishes, Paul finishes with this. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out who has known the mind of the lord who has been his counselor who has ever given to god that god should repay him for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever ultimately all of the glory goes to him we, we, we got to remember that no matter what. You know, and, and there's lots of different ways people, you know, look at these things, and, and, I, and I get it, I, I understand it, you know, uh, looking at the, you know, the, the, the entrance to the kingdom of God, and you say, you know, it says, whosoever will enter in. And then you go through and you look back and and you look back at that same gate and it says chosen from the foundations of the world. Well, how are you going to put those together? How can you reconcile all of that? I can't. My brain is not big enough. But again, what do I need to do? Let's, Let's read verse 40 again. Jesus talks in those verses. I find it interesting again. He talks about the Father's will. He talks about those that, you know, were given by the Father to the Son. And then in verse 40, he says, for my Father's will, he brings it up again, my Father's will is this, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's my Father's will. So what does it, what is it what is it saying to you and me? What do we need to do? Look to the Son and believe in Him. He said, come to the Son, come to Him and believe in Him. You and I need to look to Jesus and believe in Him. That's what you and I need to be doing. When Peter, we talked about it, when he was walking on the water, he took his eyes off Jesus, and what happened? He began to sink. Let's, let's let God worry about what God's part is. You and I need to worry about our part. I remember, I remember Pastor Chuck used to say this, you know, speaking about election and, and those that were predestined and that kind of thing. He says, that, he says, do you want to find out if you're one of these? He would say, come to Jesus, believe in Him, and you'll find out. You have to think about that a little bit. That's what you and I need to do though. But 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 a couple things I want to point out before we close here in in in, in these verses is, is for those who are his, those who have come and who have come and 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 believed in him and, and and now belong to him. You've given your life to him, you've, you've surrendered to him, you are now one of his children. There, there are a couple things in here that stand out to me. One, Jesus says they will never be driven away. They will never be lost. He's never going to let go of you. He's got you completely and totally in His hands. You're, you're, you're not in danger. Some people would have issue with that. Listen, if you, want, if, you, if you want to believe that you can, you know, get lost, and if you don't do a certain thing, you're going to end up going to hell, when you were going to heaven, you know, that's not what Jesus taught. And then the, the, the second thing it says he's, there, it says, I'll raise him up at the last day. There's a, a future that he has for us. He's going to raise us up. He's going to give us new bodies. He's, he's got a whole future plan for you and I, and that's exciting. We got something to look forward to. Not just the fact that our the the bodies that we're in now are they just breaking down. You know. It's no fun. I I have a rule. You know, we have a two family house, most of you know that. And kids live upstairs and they're playing in the backyard and I and I go out there and I said, Listen, you gotta follow the rules. And the number one rule is no fun. So I go out there and I yell at him, you're not following the rules. The number one rule is no fun. You know, life is like that sometimes, isn't it? It's just no fun. But but you and I we got a hope, we got a future and Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, the blessed hope. He's got a plan, and he's gonna, nothing can stop it, nothing can hinder His plan. He's got a future for you and I, and He's going to raise us up. Don't think for a minute that this is all there is. The enemy's lying. He's lying to you and I. Well, you don't really you know, believe, you don't really think. No, put on the helmet of salvation. Because what God has done for you and I is incredible. It's wonderful. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. What's he calling us to do to come to him, to believe in him, to look to him? No matter where we are. But be sure of that first step, that you've taken that step, that you've given your life to Jesus. Maybe he's saying it to you today. Maybe you're hearing that voice for the first time today. Come to me, he says. Believe in me. The bread of life, the true bread, the real bread. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for taking care of us. You do. You take care of us in this life as as we're your children, and and you're the good shepherd, Jesus. You're going to make sure we got what we need, but, but it's so much more than that. You're the bread from heaven. You're the bread of life, and you've given us eternal life. And all we need to do is partake and receive it. That's all we need to do is, is come to you and believe and, and look to you. Trust in you. That you would receive all the glory, all the honor. Father, I, I, I just believe that, that, that we need to be encouraged. We need to, to be encouraged to keep trusting, to keep coming, to keep looking to you. But I also believe maybe there's some here today that, that need to take that first step. And, and Jesus, you're, you're here too. You're, you're maybe right there in front of them. And you're saying, it's me. I, I want to come into your life. I, I want you to have eternal life. And maybe that's you now speaking to the folks here today. Maybe that's you and you need to just open your heart. And pray along with me. and. And speak to Jesus and say these words, Jesus, I, I come to you. I open my heart and, and, and I am so hungry, I am so lost, I am so hurting. I'm so thirsty and I come to you. Because you say that you'll come in and you will fill me. You'll give me a hope and a future eternal life. So I receive it today. Father, hear our prayers. Hear us today, Lord, we pray. The true bread, the real bread, that you are for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.